old man, old woman, old human. It's your boy Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, baby. Here's the deal. Every single Friday morning, I make the trek up from the kitchen. I get a big old jug of water and I make the trek all the way up to the attic, just below the roof in my attic. That's where my studio is. That's where the show happens. That's where the nonprofit magic happens at the top of the house. Why? Well, because three years ago, I got locked away in an attic and I came up with this idea years before that about philanthropy and focus, but it all came to fruition here, literally here on talkradio.nyc, but also here in my attic. And every week I do a couple of things. I meet with a leader of a nonprofit organization. I help them tell their story. And as I like to say, amplify their message. And uh, shout out to my friend, Valerie Heffron. She loves that word, Amplify. She doesn't love that word, Amplify. In fact, on our other show, Professionals and Animal Lovers show, uh, I give her a hard time. And I use that word because I dig that word, Amplify, because it just means make things louder and bigger. And if you're Tommy D, well, if you've seen Tommy D, then you know that's sort of how I get is louder and bigger and more excitable. There was a Warren Jeevan song, Excitable Boy. And sometimes I feel like that excitable boy, even though I'm a 45-year-old boy. I feel like that at times. I feel like there's so much in the world that, that gets me going and so many things I want to see. Shout out to my ADDers, my ADHDers, my creatives out there. I just have to say that. I wasn't planning on saying that today. But look, man, you know, it's something about that dopamine fix that we look for. <laughs> that I'm looking for, man, that I go, I want to try that. I want to see what that's all about. I want to play with that thing. doesn't always mean you finish a lot of projects, but it means you get to have a good ride while you're trying stuff out. So look, that's sort of what philanthropy and focus is, man. Every week, it's Friday again. And, and right after that, like in like six and a half days, it becomes Friday like again, and it just keeps happening. So like sort of like Groundhog's Day in a good way, though, because every week I come up here on a Friday morning, and there's another leader of a nonprofit. We're in the 130, 132 mark of how many programs I've done of an idea that I had. And I don't necessarily tell you that because you should be so fired up for me, although I do appreciate it if you are. But I tell you that because if you have an idea to go do the thing, do yourself a favor. Just go do the thing. It may not work. It probably won't work exactly. I know. Let me stop it. It isn't going to work exactly how you thought it was going to work. I promise you that. It might work better. You might learn how to do things differently. Go freaking try something, man. I tell you all the time on this show, I got 50 years left. I've been saying that for three. So I guess I got, I guess at the time I actually had 53 years left. So I have this deal with the universe where I've worked it out. Maybe I'll be immortal, but I don't know about if that would be so much fun because too much Tommy D might be too much for the world. Anyway, let's get into the show. Philanthropy and Focus, that's the name of the program. I, as I told you, I'm the nonprofit sector connector. I would not be a very good nonprofit sector connector if it wasn't for my network. So if it wasn't for Heather Edwards introducing me to today's guest, Linda Herlich, if it wasn't for the team at Spirit of Huntington putting me on to the fact that, shout out to Spirit of Huntington, shout out to Suzanne and Michael and James and everybody over there at Spirit um, and Diane and, and just you know the team that does our artwork for Vanguard Benefits. As I said earlier this year, we started, I didn't tell you this yet today, but I've told you in the past, earlier this year, I decided that one episode of the show would work in tandem with our agency, Vanguard Benefits. <clears throat> around an awareness month, around a, last week was Global Breastfeeding Awareness Week. Didn't even know that was a thing three weeks ago, right? Then I found out it was a thing and I was like, I don't really know if that's like, how would I do that on the show? I don't know a nonprofit that's in that space. And little did I know, I did know a nonprofit that's in the space. Shout out to Heather Edwards. She brought on two pediatricians 
that focus in breastfeeding and lactation medicine here on the program last week. And then after the show, well, prior to the show, I've been introduced to my guest, Linda. By the way, Linda, good morning, Linda Harlick. How are you? Good morning. I am doing great on this Friday. All right. We'll get, I, I hope you're enjoying watching the show. You're going to be part of the show in a second. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I had been introduced by Heather Edwards to Linda through email earlier last week. And then I finished the show and I was like, I should call Linda right now. I was like, Linda, what do you think about coming on the show next week? Like as a follow-up piece to what we just did. And she goes, I'm in Tommy D and that's how it all works. And that's why we're here. So Linda is the executive director of an organization called Milk Bank of New York. The Milk Bank of New York, correct? That's how we say no, it's, it? It's, it's the New York Milk Bank. The New York Milk Bank. So um, what does that actually mean? I don't know. We're going to find out. That's why we do the show. I know this, Linda. I have been telling people all week since last Friday morning when we spoke about 5 after 11 that I'm going on a tour of the facility up in Valhalla. Like, <laughs> to the point of, People are figuring out what I should wear during the tour. And like, this is how this, this is what this phenomenon, if you will, is about, you know, the nonprofit sector connector, about philanthropy and focus, and about 60 days of service, which, gang, there's only two days left. I did day number 58 this week. There's only two days left. Actually, it was yesterday morning. Let me shout it out. The team at TD Bank invited me to Operation Splash, which is at, down in Freeport, Long Island. And we went out, we took a boat. We went out, we were cleaning out garbage off of the shore in the bay, in one of the bays down in Freeport. It's really tragic. Plastics, garbage, beer bottles, soda cans, all types of trash that people just leave around, which ends up in our waterways, which ends up tragically in our animals, as you probably are aware. Check out Operation Splash. Thanks to TD Bank. Thanks specifically to Scott Horowitz for the invitation. And that's day number 58. Only two days. You, Linda, 60 days of service is this mission I'm on. When I run out of days, which is going to happen in two days, um, do you want to know what happens after that? I'm going to guess you repeat the whole thing. <laughs> you wow. start from day one. Wow. Am I that? Is it really? Is that it? We start from day one and we name it hashtag 70 days of service. So that's how it works. So sorry, spoiler alert. We just hold you guys out of this, but that's all it is. And then I'll spend the next year and a half or two years doing 70 days of service. And then. I probably don't need to tell you guys what happens after that, but we'll talk about that in a couple of years. So, Linda, let's dive into this. I mean, your your background, I want to read a little bit of your background as we talked about last week, what we're going to do, and we spoke again earlier this week. We're going to talk about you, you as a leader, your background, certainly the organization, the programs of the organization, the impact of the organization. I don't think we'll go to my calendar during the show live and try and pick what date I'm coming up for a tour. I think we should do that after the show. And then um, really just the impact and what do you need? How can we help? It's not it's not a, a legacy type organization. It's a, it's a pretty new organization, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. About six years old, yeah. Only, only six years old. So here's what I'm gonna read. Linda's interest in social impact stems from her early work as a registered dietitian, where she saw firsthand how environmental, cultural, and societal factors influence one's ability to reach their full potential. Hmm, I don't know, social determinants of health maybe, huh? Exactly. Okay. Right? With an ambition to transition in management, she pursued her MBA from Columbia Business School, and this led to a career at Kraft Foods overseeing strategic planning and marketing from Maxwell House. Oh, I remember Maxwell House where they popped the top. With those, we used to keep change in those, in those cans. I didn't know if they still have those cans. Um, I'm too lazy to make my own coffee at this point in my life. Um, later on, she returned to, to promoting health and earned her doctorate in public health from New York 
Medical College and became the Director of Operations and Communications at Child Obesity 180 at Tufts University. That's down in Philly? That's at in uh, Boston. Oh, Tufts is up in Boston. <laughs> Yep. And, it, and here she combined her management expertise with public health knowledge to accelerate and transform the startup nonprofit to leading an organization in childhood obesity prevention. It goes on more and more, but I really want you to be able to tell the story. It's funny. I want to tell that. I want to say something. I met a young man last week who's really who's got two master's degrees and is really trying to crack in to public health work. And one of his master's degrees is in public health. And you know, he's in jobs right now that he's not happy doing. And I said, you can't do that anymore. And I don't know. I mean, I just met him. I was in, I was at an event. I met his aunt randomly. I don't think there's anything random. I met his aunt. She said, you need to meet my nephew. She brings him over. Um, and we're chatting. And on Saturday, uh, last week, we had like an hour conversation because I was in the car. And I said to him, look, man, let me help you. Like, let me make connections for you. So Linda, I might ask you later on, like, can Please. I introduce Guy, right like this uh, is the- absolutely i I've- love talking to young people about their careers public health providing some mentorship yes i yes. will use his first name because it's a very common first name michael i will be making an introduction <laughs> for you um all right linda thank you for that because that makes me a better of course right away so let's talk about your journey i want to know how you how you got to this work well, we just talked about your your degrees and your designations i mean what is your journey what was the trip about Well, I would say it's basically always sort of leveraging the skills and the talents I kind of developed over time. Uh, So when I started off as a registered dietitian, I was working up in uh, Boston, Mass General Hospital, Brigham and Women's Hospital, and I really did enjoy the work. I enjoyed the clinical work. However, there was sort of at that time, there was no career path. I'm very goal oriented. So I kind of needed like a, a ladder to climb. Um, so that's why I decided, well, perhaps ma- I would be better suited to management. And that's why when I got my uh, business degree from uh, Columbia Business School, um, and I had all full intention of going back into healthcare in the area of management. However, I fell in love with marketing when I was at business school. And, you know, it was just so similar in my mind to whether you're trying to persuade or motivate someone to stay on a particular diet or a course of exercise or, you know, buying your brand or, you know, enjoying, you know, what you have to offer from the commercial side of things. Um, it was it was very similar, you know, understanding someone's insight, their motivation, what they're trying to achieve, what their goals are. And so I decided to just go <clears throat> into corporate America and get some classical, it's called consumer packaged goods marketing experience, very classical marketing training. And then I would go back into healthcare. Well, I really enjoyed my time at Kraft, um, worked with super smart people, always had interesting projects, always a challenge. And so 17 years later, decided now is the time. So I was at Kraft for 17 years. And as I said, really enjoyed my time, but wanted to work in an area of what I call like greater social consequence. I always found you know, purpose in my uh, work, but really wanted to you know, do something where I could feel that I was sort of giving back more directly. And so decided the best way to do that was to go and get my doctorate in public health, because public health is really broad. It's everything from, you know, vaccines to wearing a seatbelt to chronic illnesses. Um, so it's so broad that I figured I would find my way in that if I got this academic training. And I, again, I really enjoyed, and I didn't plan this. It wasn't like, you know, five years before that I had planned it. It was just something that I started to pursue, to pursue and decided to dive into. Um, and then from there, you know, I always say to keep your network alive and well and fe- well fed. Um, and through a connection at Kraft, I met the founders of Child Obesity 180 at Tufts University. 
And it was sort of like a perfect combination because it was a multi-sector organization. And I was like a multi-sector person. I had worked in nonprofits, corporate America. I had worked on a government grant at one point. I'd worked at a university when I got my degree. I was also working there at New York Medical College. So I sort of had this, you know, broad kind of multi-sector experience as well. And so, um, so that's sort of how I really started my uh, sort of public health and nonprofit uh, work was back in, I say, 2012. Uh, and then I, you know, worked in the area of childhood obesity for a while. And then again, this, someone called me and uh, a, a executive recruiter and said, you know, we have this job at the New York Milk Bank. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is the exact combination. It's public health. Uh, it's, it's food production. You know, whether you're producing coffee or you're producing pasteurized, you know, donor human milk, it's, it's, it's the same process, I will say. Um, so I thought this really combines, you know, all my skills, all my talents, all my knowledge. And I wanted, I wanted the challenge. So I accepted. What year did you join the organization? So I joined just in the beginning of 2022. So I've been here about 18 months. 18 months. You know, I mean, wow, what a great culmination. You know, they say like hindsight is 2020, right? Like you now looking back at it, you go, oh, well, that made a lot of sense that I would right. sit there and do that thing and pick up this knowledge. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, I wrote something from the very first moment you started speaking about leveraging your skills. Mm-hmm. So now I think it's probably you're in this unique position to look back and go, I'm in this role because of all these skills I acquired. Like, you know, there's like some, uh, you know, I don't know much about like, gaming or like cards like pokemon cards and things like that but my kids sometimes collect them and some of the people listening might be into this type of stuff and and you know i think about like skill cards and like Mm -hmm. you've collected these skill cards and i'm at this point at 45 years old thinking like well what are my skill cards what are the Mm -hmm. battle cards that i have that i can put into play right and i think that's what we need to do as as we grow in our careers in our and, and career is such a funny word to use because like you know, for many years, I started my career at ADP and payroll sales when I was 24 years old. That was a long time ago. And um, I always refer to myself for a long time as I'm a sales guy. I'm a salesman. I'm a sales guy. And, you know, somebody's checking in, talking about creativity on on Twitch. And I just think it's like it's all about us gathering these things and not putting ourselves in one box. Like that exactly. was very limiting for me honestly, to just be like, I'm a exactly. sales I was yep. like a creative. Yeah. Maybe a bit of a showman, but not like, like, not like this, but I was, it, it, I think we need to realize there's so much we gain and garner and the knowledge. And the other piece that stood out for me, which is so on brand for the nonprofit sector connector, as you were talking about some of the moves you made, you said you wanted to keep your network well-fed. You wanted <laughs> to nurture those relationships. God, critically important, not to mention how I already leveraged an introduction in the first two minutes of the show. Like, I'm like, I got to hook up with this guy because that's going to help. It's going to help him, which helps me, which I feel better. Maybe it helps wherever you help him land if such a thing happens. And that's the world. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. So really, really important way to start to show off like that. We are going to go to a quick break. We come back. We're going to dive more deeply into this conversation about you, your background, and obviously the organization. And then for our friends who are watching this video somewhere, there's a freezer behind you. And we'll find out what's in the freezer when we come back. That's a teaser on the freezer. <laughs> no more Tommy D. We're right back. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop having the theme song played when we come back so I could sing it to you. And then you wouldn't have to hear Brendan Levy sing it, although I do love my Uncle Brendan and uh, that song. Although I, I, I was listening to one of my favorite groups, a group called Revolution this morning, uh, and one of the tunes I like to listen to called Good Vibes, Bringing Only Good Vibes. And I'm thinking I need a version of the of the song in that like that reggae style so brendan if you're listening i'll text you later if you're not we might need to redo the song as a you know like we might need to cover your own song but in a different style and then and shout out to mick collins who's putting funny quotes tommy demeser in the freezer teaser he's a people pleaser now that guy mick collins he's a big time eminem fan i love eminem as well although i grew up listening to a tribe called quest and cypress hill and and some of the others, but um, but I'm certainly an M an M <laughs> easy for you to say, kid, right? I also am an M and M fan. But Mick, love you. Appreciate you always posting things and also appreciate the work you do at pay forward processing. So Linda, Mick is a good buddy of mine. We know each other through network and connecting. We hung out down in DC last year on another nonprofit event, and his company gives back paid forward processing. They give back the net proceeds to nonprofit organizations. They're a merchant processing company. So I'd like to shout him out and like to get him connected in the network throughout my world. So let's dive back into the topic at hand, which is milk. Is it not? Got milk? It, it is. It is human milk. Yeah. Human milk. All right. In in honor of what was last week was Global Breastfeeding Awareness Week. Right. We I've been po- putting putting it out there on social media as month. So we're giving it the whole month. Uh, let's talk about the foundation of the milk bank. It was five women 
only in 2016, as we say, not too long ago, which again, it's funny. It's funny to be a human being because I'm thinking like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing, right? Like, this is what exactly what happened to me while I was doing some work this morning. I'm going, um, so I'm reading the notices. And most people have never heard of the human milk bank. This is an opportunity to learn about the source of nutrition and on and on and on, right? There's some information you send over. I go, yeah, I never heard of it. And then I'm looking on the website. I go, oh, they only found this in 216. I go, what do you mean? How come it took so long, right? And I go, but I never heard of it a minute ago. And then I was already on to like... <laughs> How come it didn't exist already? I think that's funny. And some people are laughing. And some people are like, shut up and let Linda talk, Tommy. Okay, fine. We'll do that. So, Linda, let's talk about the organization. Let's talk about the founding of the organization. Because as the the executive leader of the organization, I know you know the story. So let's dive into some of that. Okay, great. So, yes, back in, uh, it was probably back in 2014, where uh, five women who, you know, knew each other, some closely, some briefly, um, got together. Uh, pediatricians were involved, uh, neonatologists, uh, lactation uh, consultants, and said, you know what, milk banking has been around for decades. However, there is no milk bank in New York State. And so milk was coming from other milk banks um, and you know, probably not uh, really being able to supply the entirety of New York State. And so we really felt, you know, felt that there should be a milk bank right in New York State. So New York State milk for New York State uh, babies. And uh, so it took about two years, had to raise a lot of funds, had to really uh, understand all the, the regulatory environment. We are um, licensed by the Department of Health. We are regulated by the FDA. We are accredited by a national organization called the Human Milk Banking Association of North America or Habana. So lots of things have to be put in place uh, to be able to open a milk bank, become accredited and become licensed. And so in uh, 2016, uh, they opened up in a very small space, um, had one small pasteurizer and was, uh, you know, up and, up and running. And then the demand became so strong in 2018, we moved to this facility here where we now have 20 freezers plus a walk-in freezer. We have five refrigerators. We have three pasteurizers. Um, it's really quite an amazing facility that raw milk from, you know, very generous moms, uh, milk donors come in the front door and it is processed, um, bottled, pasteurized, uh, tested uh, for safety, and then uh, dispensed to mainly hospitals and, um, and families in need. So, uh, so that's sort of like in a nutshell, what took, you know, a lot of effort and, and a lot of time, and a lot of dedication from uh, these five women. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to be mindful of. And I went to the website and I'll go there again. So uh, I might do a bad job on some of these names, but Susan Vertra Helic. <laughs> Yes. Roseanne Motti. Yes. yes. And Julie Boucher. Horowitz. Horowitz. Yes. Yes. So, the ladies. so go to the website, gang, uh, nymilkbank.org, and you'll see these, these five founders. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, you know, what, what, what it was for them that they said, this actually needs to be a thing. Like when you speak to them and you connect with them, what for them, I mean, I have a bunch of notes about, you know, statistics and what we, what, what the organization has, the amounts of milk that have changed hands and gotten into the babies that need them to need the milk to thrive. But what, what do you think it was for them from your connection to the, well, to the- I think, you know, certainly demand for um, donor milk has been increasing. So I think there was this, they saw this need that we needed to have a milk bank closer to home in New York state to be able to meet that demand. 
Um, and, you know, the neonatologists involved, uh, Boriana, you know, she works with these little tiny babies that are born two, three pounds that really human milk is the best uh, form. And if, if mom's own milk is unavailable or not sufficient, then um, donor human milk that's been pasteurized, that is the best thing for these babies. And really not only to help them survive, but also to what we say to thrive. Um, and so there was a real, you know, she saw the real need and the pediatricians when these babies uh, sometimes leave the hospital, they still require uh, donor milk. Um, and so they really saw this need from a, from a medical uh, point of view um, and just to be able to help, you know, babies in need. And we sort of estimate, we don't know exactly, but we estimate that we'd probably save about a hundred babies lives uh, a year um, by being able to um uh, provide this donated milk uh, to the hospital's human milk. Yeah, let's pause there for a second, gang. Okay, this is not a nice to have. Okay, what we're talking about is a mom has a baby, and maybe that baby was born premature or some other challenges, uh, or certainly if you're talking about a, a tiny little one, one or two pound baby, I mean, uh, that's a very scary, very challenging, challenging scenario for a family. And um, 100 babies' lives have been saved by this because of this organization. What do I tell you about nonprofits? They change the freaking world. Now we talk to a nonprofit that is saving lives, okay? It's not the only nonprofit saving lives, but it is certainly an important organization that wasn't there and is now there. So again, I was down at Disney World. Let's see. I don't want to tell you how old my sister is. She might get upset, but she was a baby. So it was a long time ago. And it was like over 30 years ago. And there was a character that they had just came up with, Figment. And he was like, I don't even think he's a real character anymore. Well, he wasn't real either. He was only a figment of someone's imagination. There's the story. A figment of your imagination, something you think of that you might say, I don't know. You might say, hey, I really like nonprofits. I want to do a show every Friday morning at 10 o'clock and talk to nonprofit leaders. You might. And then you'd have to battle against me because I already do that. But the idea is you might do that. Or you might say, I want to found a nonprofit organization. Or you might say... I want to build something that will change people's lives and make them uh, safer, healthier, have more fun, whatever. Do it. Just try it. This show is never really supposed about me inspiring people to just go out and do stuff, but it sort of turns into that. Because if you don't do it, and these five women didn't do it, well, maybe those 100 babies' lives would not have been saved. What's that impact? That's what we talk about. We talk a lot about impact. I'm on a rant. Let me get off my soapbox. Let me put my soapbox back in the closet. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll also, I'll also say one other thing. The um, lactation um, experts, uh, uh, Julie and, and, and Roseanne in particular, who founded the organization, uh, they also saw that it's very difficult when a baby is born uh, premature, the mom's mammary glands are also premature. Sure. So it doesn't always mean that they can produce anything or enough for that baby. Um, so it's all biology, right? Linda, she, she, yep. the mom hasn't gotten to that stage yet. Exactly. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's why, you know, that's why this is um, it's so critical. It's it's uh, I, I want to talk now about the day in the life of what it's like at the milk bank. Although before we do that, we're actually going to go to a quick break. So before we go to a break, I want to ask you, Linda, what's in the freezer? <laughs> do you want to see it right now? Or yeah, when we come back? No, no, let's go now. Let's do no. Let's look at it now. You go get what's in the freezer. Come back. Put your headphones back on. So I will play you guys through this. So my friend Linda just took her headphones out and she's just opened the freezer and she's coming back and she has a, I saw the bag. I think it's a pink plastic bag. Now she's okay. About, so okay. this bag. 
Okay, so we like a lot of color coding at the milk bank to keep things straight. So this bag actually contains milk from a, a mom whose baby was born premature. So that's why it's pink. Okay. Okay, so if a baby was born less than 37 weeks, then for the next 30 days, any milk that that mom produces uh, is considered to be preterm milk. So this can go specifically to preterm babies and really has a lot of the protein and the nutrients that a premature baby uh, would need to continue to grow and develop. Wow. And so the, so the milk comes in, it comes in in a box, um, typically, or a mom can drop it off. We love it when moms drop off their milk uh, if they live close by, because sometimes they bring their babies, which is great. Because they bring the babies with them. Sometimes, yeah. Well, kind of like, you know, <laughs> they're kind of attached at the hip yes. um, or at the breast, we could say. <laughs> So, so they come in or it comes in uh, uh, overnight uh, uh, delivery and it's, fro- you know, it's still frozen when it comes to us. We unpack it. We make sure that it's all, it's all good. We weigh it and then we put it into these uh, bags. It will be color coded if, if it's a specially type milk and then it's put directly into our freezer. So I'm going to go put it back in our freezer because it needs to stay frozen. Go back, go back, get it frozen. I'll be here. So I have a lot of questions for Linda when she comes back. I want to know, like, and I'm sure you guys want to know too, like where, like, if I was a mom, and I'm not a mom, but if I was a mom, like, so Linda, here's what we were going to, I was talking to the crowd while you were away. So <laughs> here's what we want to know. And we're going to, maybe we'll do this when we come back, but I'll give you some time to think about it. Like, so if I was a new mom, or let's just, why did I stop being a new mom? If I had a woman in my life and she was a new mom, or a friend or whatever, and she had surplus milk, right? Mm-hmm. What would do? Do you send her? You don't have to answer this now. We'll let everybody think about it. It'll be like a game show. You all think about what it might be, and then Linda and I'll tell you the answer when we come back. But like, what is she sent a kit? Like, how does she know what? How to? I'm gonna tell you the whole thing. You are. I know you are. (laughs) So, like, what does that all look like? I want to know. Everybody know. Inquiring minds want to know. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join us. 
Thank you for joining me in my attic. All right, here's what I want you to know real quick before Linda and I get right back into it. The New York Milk Bank is a nonprofit organization that collects excess breast milk from lactating women in good health. The milk is bottled, pasteurized, and distributed to babies in need throughout New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Since opening in 2016, we have diligently screened over 5,000 generous donors. That's a big deal. I, we, I don't even know like, like how much how many people come by and visit. We're going to hear more about that. But 5,000 generous donors and distributed more than, listen for it, 1 million ounces of precious donor milk. I've heard it called liquid gold. In fact, my friend Heather Edwards called it liquid gold. You know, I, I think about when I say 1 million, I think about the book fairies giving away 4 million books. I think about my friend Heather Edwards giving away freaking millions of diapers and millions of wives all by herself one woman running an incredible organization out there so nymb is committed to enhancing the health and survival of infants in need by ensuring the availability and quality of pasteurized donor human milk when mother's own milk is unavailable so i did a video early this week and i said look mother's milk is best if not then donor milk and then maybe we get down to formula right and if that becomes like it, it's it's a different version, I think, at least in my experience, we had four children. And, um, you know, I feel like when you leave the hospital, they're often trying to give you samples of stuff to take. You know, I'm not going to beat up companies. I know you used to work for Kraft and we're not going to, we're not here to disparage anything. This is a, this is a capitalist society we live in. I understand a bit about business. Um, but at the same time, we need to think about scientifically and naturally what is best for our babies, specifically the babies in most need as we've talked about. All right. So, when we last spoke, which was like 30 seconds ago, <laughs> when we last spoke, you took out a pink bag of frozen milk. You said it was preterm milk, meaning the moms had delivered a baby who was younger than 37 weeks, right? Like hadn't gone past 37 weeks in term. So, and then I said, well, I'd like to know if a mom has uh, extra milk or a surplus of milk, how, how does she contact you? How does she find out? Like, I mean, not to be silly, but there needs to be somewhere to put the milk and freeze the milk and do that stuff, right? So tell us about that process. Right, exactly. So um, so that amount of milk that I sort of just pulled out of the freezer, if you have that amount of milk or more stashed in your freezer because you were you know, thinking that, oh, when I return to work or if I travel, I'm going to need that milk, and then you end up that becomes excess milk, your baby does not need that milk, we want to hear from you. And so if you have excess milk in your uh, freezer, please, you can give us a call or probably easiest if you just go to our website. So nymilkbank.org, you'll see right on, the, uh, right on the first page, click the donate milk, and it will take you to a very brief survey, just an initial eligibility survey. Um, if you submit that, we will give you a call. We'll have a more in-depth conversation. We'll send you an application. That application, it is long, I will warn you, but you can you can make it through. Um, it is about um, your your health, your lifestyle, any medications that, that you're on, um, things like vitamin use, um, all kinds of things related to your health, just to make sure that um, the milk that we are receiving is appropriate for uh, a little baby, especially a baby in a sick baby in the NICU. Um, you also will uh, be required to have uh, medical clearance from your doctor. So just, you know, a sign off saying, yes, you know, my patient is in good health. And then a blood test. Um, we do tests for certain things that can be transmitted through uh, breast milk. Um, and so uh, HIV, uh, syphilis, uh, HTLV, and hepatitis. 
So those four things, uh, the blood test will uh, determine and, um, and then uh, you will be approved as a donor. And, uh, and we pay for all, you know, any of the, the costs involved with the blood test, uh, we pay for all of that. Then if you're not local to us, we will send you a box. And in the box will be a liner uh, so that the milk, your, your milk is going to be frozen. It's going to be put into this box. It's going to be sealed up and sent to us overnight. Uh, we also ask you that you do sort of a, um, just, you know, tell us what's been going on. Have you been on any medication recently? Has anything, you know, changed uh, with your health so that we have all the up-to-date information? Um, if you prefer, we also have what's called depots or collection sites throughout all of New York State. Um, and uh, in that way, instead of having to sort of pack up your milk, you can take it to this collection site. And it could be a yoga studio. It could be a pediatrician's office. Um, it could be, you know, a, a hospital setting and you can drop your milk off there. They will collect that milk and then, you know, package it all up and send it to us. So if you are a yoga studio or a pediatrician's office and you would like to be a part of this uh, journey of breast milk from, like say, from breast to belly, uh, we also want to hear from you as well, because um, uh, having more collection sites also increases our awareness and makes it more convenient for moms who are very busy uh, to be dropping off their milk. And so once we, okay, so once we receive the milk. Uh, while you're speaking, okay. I'm going to share okay. the website. So you keep going. Great. Okay. So once. Um, oh, you'll see the website. Go ahead, Linda. I'm sorry. Yep. So, um, so once we receive the milk, we check it in, we weigh it, we put it into uh, bags. Oh, there I am in my hairnet. Oh my God! Do I get one of those hairnets when I come for? Oh yes, you do. Yeah, you want to hair. I'm gonna need two hairnets. <laughs> if you want to go into the freezer, you got to put on a, a heavy duty jacket as well. <laughs> so there I am, actually dispensing the milk that has come in through the front door and has been through our process. So once the milk enters our freezers, uh, we have a production schedules. When it's ready to be um, bottled, we take it out. We it's uh, thawed in our refrigerators. Um, it's then it's strained. Um, it will be typically mixed with three or four other donors of milk to sort of even out the nutritional profile of the milk. So it's like um, a kind of like a milk cocktail. It's, it's like a milk cocktail, exactly, exactly. Um, and then it will uh, it will be uh, bottled, sealed, pasteurized to kill any bacteria or inactivate any viruses. Uh, the milk then enters our uh, refrigerators to be chilled. And we send out one bottle from each batch has to go out to um, an external lab to be tested for any, you know, bacteria that might be growing. Okay. Um, once that is cleared, uh, then it can enter our inventory. It goes into our walk-in freezer. And then when hospitals order, place an order or families place an order, it is dispensed. I, I mean, wow. Uh, what a like, it's, you know what? I mean, I could see how fun this is going to be when I come out for tour because getting <laughs> over tour. So if you live near Valhalla and you're interested in nonprofit organizations and you're interested in your boy, Tommy D, you know, maybe I, I, I don't know how many people are going to show up, but we should talk about it, but don't just show up. <laughs> okay, don't just, <laughs> don't just reach out to me, Tommy D. Uh, send me a note on, on Instagram. If you want Tommy D.NYC or send me an email, Tommy D at philanthropy in focus, P H O C U S. Dot com And we can connect because I'm, I'm looking to go around the country and do some stuff and sort of try out some new ideas of connecting with organizations in person. And, and I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but what I'm just seeing the, the whole step by step that you ran us through again in this setting, that's the best we could do. But like if we're on site and you can show me here's where this happens and here's where that happens and here's where this happens. That's like 
that's just so exciting to me because it's the stories, man. It's the stories that sell. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. Marketing background. And let's be honest. Uh, listen, I got newsflash, newsflash, newsflash. Nonprofits are businesses, folks. Okay. And yes, development people and leadership. We're some salespeople at times. Okay. Cause we're selling the mission. We might not be selling you a product, but we're selling you the impact and the results of what it is that we do and what happens because of what we do. Right, Linda? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yes, in, in our case, we would love to show off. We love showing off our milk bank now that COVID, I know it's still here, but it's it's waning. Um, we have been giving uh, tours. And so we'd be happy to do that and happy to put you to work with a hairnet and, and a beard net. And... Put a, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I don't know what else you can wear. I got a lot of hair <laughs> in my face here. So I'll wear them also. In fact, you know, I was at, um, I think we were at Hershey Park and they have like one of these things where you go there and you make like a chocolate bar. And they made me have like a beard net too. Like I, I've had to wear, oh, I, you know, where else I had to wear a beard net? We did something with, um, oh, I don't know the name of the organization, but it was the Rotary locally here and they were p- packaging food. I don't know if you've ever done this, but if folks, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a team building thing, it's like an assembly line, right, Linda? So we got like mm-hmm. a big old box of rice. And then we got like this nutritional pack you pour in, right? And then it was like beans. You had a couple scoops of beans. And it's so fun. And I had uh, at least two of my kids. My wife and I were there. At least two of my kids. My friend Bert Lurch, who was connected to the Health and Business Alliance and, and the Rotary up in uh, out in Nassau County, one of the Rotary clubs. And it was just like so fun. And like, that's the thing. But I had to wear a beard net. You know, twice in my life, I've had to wear a beard net. A beard net. I never had to wear a beard net. Well, well this, this will be the third. And I will put in a plug for uh, Feeding Westchester which also takes, vol- you know, takes in volunteers and, and has them uh, packing food and do doing lots do of other things. Do they, so. pack, do they do that thing? Feeding yep. like yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And they're yeah. right, really kind of like right down the block. So I'd love to connect with them. Feeding Westchester. I'd love to come out and visit you when I'm up that way. Uh, actually, it was texting my friend. Um, my friend Darcy lives up that way. She's, she's involved with this company called One Hope, which is a wine company. And they give back 10% of profits to want to uh, nonprofits. So we should... Darcy and I, Darcy's going to come on the other show at some point. Um, but we, you know, the other show I do sort of the in-focus nonprofit show where we bring on people that service and work with the nonprofit sector. But uh, she lives up not too far from you. So I, I was just saying, I, I was up there with her. We went to um, Volunteer New York, had a big event a couple mm-hmm. months back. I think you and I might have talked about it. Yeah. yeah. And that was a really special event. And so, again, I am down here on Long Island, but uh, happy to collaborate all around New York. You know, especially, you know, in where you are, it's like the sixth or seventh borough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything after that is sort of like Canada to me. So I, <laughs> shout out to, you know, upstate New York. Sullivan I'm, County. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just, it's just a Long Island joke. Relax, everybody. Um, shout out to my friend Robert Robson. I know you're listening, who's originally from Troy, New York, and is now in Dunwoody, Georgia. So I never get to say hello to you. So hello, Robert. Um, all right. So we are almost uh, on to our another break, which is crazy to think because this is how quick the show goes. But Linda, I want to ask you a question. And I'm not going to text you later on. I'm just going to ask you right now. Remember when you thought we would not have enough to talk about? <laughs> I know. Remember last Friday morning when you're like, oh, how can I fill an hour? <laughs> I said, we'll do, we'll do just fine. We have one. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit on when we come back. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about when we come back a little bit about where we ultimately get to in this part of the show is what do you need? How can we help? Who can we connect you with? Obviously. But I do want to just send out a little teaser again. There's something about bikers. There's something about milk and I will leave it there. And we'll talk about that when we come back right back. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. 
I'm Matthew Asnell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Through the static, join me in the attic. I talk a lot about volunteerism. I talk a lot about getting involved in your community. I talk a lot about supporting your local nonprofits. I also say life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I've been known to say that. So get uncomfortable. So I have been like considering this all week, and I don't know if it's actually going to work out or not, but there's something called the Milk Riders. The Sirens Women's Motorcycle Club of New York City are founding members of Milk Riders. Now, I, because I'm a crazy person, I was like, oh, man, you know, like, I'm going to go up there and I want to volunteer and Linda's going to show me around and apparently I got to wear a beard covering <laughs> now and um, all this cool stuff. And I'm like, yo, it would be hysterical, like I've been telling people. So there's these these bikers and they bring the milk around and they're like delivery service. And I was like, how cool would it be if I'm on the back of a bike, like holding, I've never been on a motorcycle in my life in 45 years. And I'm like, I, I might have to do this just for the show, just for the showmanship of the whole thing, like on the back of the bike, hold it on to somebody. Although I see some of these, as I look at the website, which maybe I'll share pictures of the website, I see some sidecars. I think I'd be perfect to be in the sidecar because then I don't have to worry. I wouldn't be so anxious and nervous. So maybe we do a milk run, <laughs> a milk run. That's like, you know, back when I was a sales guy for, for ADP, you know, when you would take a manager out on the road, Linda, they would say, you know, you take them on a milk run. And that was like, you take them to like your key accounts and people who like you in the community. So you just look like a champion. So he goes, oh, what are you taking me on a milk run, Tommy D? But, <laughs> and that was like what, what I was thinking. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I remember going to Dairy Barn and getting glass bottles of milk. So people used to de- deliver milk many years ago. Tell me about the milk riders, and then we'll talk more about what the organization needs too. Okay, great. Well, the Sirens are an amazing organization. They, you know, do a lot of community events. They give of their of their time, and one of the things that uh, you know they started doing for us was these milk riders. So when uh, maybe a hospital um, is in need, it's an emergency delivery. They ran out of uh, milk by chance, um, 
and this baby is going to start feeding and really needs to have human milk. And we just can't get it there with our courier service or with FedEx. It would just take too long. Uh, then we call upon uh, the sirens and they will put out a call for, you know, someone to come uh, to the milk bank and take this milk to where it needs to go. Um, it can also happen with uh, families who um, are receiving donor milk and can't afford uh, the shipping. And so we will call upon the milk riders um, as well for that. And then there are cases, we're talking about upstate New York, um, yeah. that maybe uh, someone who's actually donating their milk is in an area that a FedEx um, is, is not close to them. Um, and so they, a milk rider has gone for us to get that milk and to take it to a depot for us uh, so that that raw milk can get to us. Uh, so here you have like pictures of the milk riders. They don't always come in with their motorcycles. They do have cars and, and they do deliver, uh, with their cars as well. So we're very thankful that is so uh, for that. And also just, just also a shout out that they also have raised, uh, money for us. Uh, because not only do we need, uh, milk donations, but we also need fin financial donations. Yes. Um, and so they have raised, uh, money for us and, uh, we purchased a, uh, a freezer and uh, that we use every day. And that was actually in uh, memory of one of the uh, sirens who um, unfortunately passed away during COVID. Mm. And so her mom, uh, Judy Wetzler, and the sirens raised the, those funds for us. So they've given they've given us more than just their you know ability to transport the milk. Of course. How did that? So we talk a lot about strategic alliances and strategic relationships. How did that one start? What was the? Do you remember? You know what? I, I do not know the answer to that. I was thinking to myself, like, yeah. how, how did that originally start? Out. Shout out to the original five women who founded this organization. Exactly. The story: How you yeah. got the sirens? Yeah. Shout out to the sirens. Look, sirens. We should maybe do a thing. Maybe I should drive <laughs> the sidecar and deliver some milk. I don't know if if you're down for it. I'm. You know, I don't have a choice. I just said I would do it on a live show. So, uh, but I, I think that would be fun. I want to just shout them out because, you know, it's all about getting involved in your community and it's whatever you can do, whatever your ability might be. They got these bikes. They can be in and out of places quick, right? And yes, of course, they have cars as well, like you said, but it's just a passion for what they're doing and condolences on the on the loss of one of your riders for sure. And what a great legacy and memory to utilize that tragedy, to go out and raise dough, to buy a freezer, which now serves all these babies. And that lives on in someone's, in the memories and lives on as, as a legacy. Mm -hmm. So before I start crying, which we talked about your husband who's going to come on the show. <laughs> Show. Oh, you'll definitely be crying with him. He yes. said he's going to, I don't, it's seeing what he does. I'm going to be crying laughing, but I think he's going <laughs> to, it sounds like he's a big mush like me. So it'll be, you know what, that's your new show. It's going to be two guys crying. Welcome to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about what you need. Any events coming up, any fundraisers, anything we should know about? Um, absolutely. So, um, well, what, well, just uh, most practically, uh, we do need milk. And so we always are in need of uh, donated milk. So uh, just shout out to any you know, healthy lactating women who have excess milk beyond what their own babies need, uh, please reach out to us uh, via the website, um, fill out the very short uh, questionnaire, and we will be giving you a call. So that's always a need. And so shout out to that. Um, we also, you know, need financial donations because uh, our, our um, we're always trying to innovate. We're always trying to enhance our, whether it's production uh, capabilities, our systems, and that, that, you know, that costs money. So, um, so financial donations and we have, you know, wonderful foundations and, and folks that have given uh, to us year after year. And so we uh, truly appreciate those generous donors and uh, more, more is always needed. 
um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, events, we sort of have one that's um, that's just in its very infancy. Not uh, <laughs> well, I told you, as a pun intended. I told you, were witty. I said it to you earlier today. You are witty. I like that. So what so is? Much. Okay, so we have. Um, you know, there are the moms who, um, you know, healthy lactating mom, moms who are donating and, you know, over a long period of time, but we also receive calls from bereaved moms. So these are moms who have, um, yes, we're going to be crying, um, have lost their, uh, their babies and they feel that there is a, a meaning to them and a worth to them, to us. Uh, to be able to donate the milk that they have maybe already pumped or they want to pump a little bit to have, you know, to, to give some meaning to their tremendous loss. And so we have what we call a butterfly tree. And so um, we have uh, paper cut out butterflies that we put the baby's name on and their date of birth. And it sits up there as a remembrance and really to honor uh, these babies and their moms who have given milk to us. Um, and we would like to, instead of having paper uh, cutouts, we want to have a little something a little bit more, um, you know, a, a, a long lasting. And so we are um, we are creating ceramic butterflies. And I always say when I work for an organization, all hair licks work for an organization. And my brother in law, who is a I'm not sure if it's called, I have to ask him this, a, a potter or a ceramicist. Um, this is what he does as his business. Like he does like this. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Dan, Dan Herlick, look him up on Instagram. Um, he's, he does amazing, beautiful things. And he also, he has a real passion for this work and he has a studio and he teaches children and adults. And so next, uh, on Tuesday, uh, my staff and I, we were going to go and he is going to let us cut out some of the butterflies, uh, so that, and then he will, we will, uh, he will paint them and, um, fire them. And then I would love to have an event where we, you know, reveal our new butterfly uh, tree and invite moms, donors, bereaved moms, donors, our funders to um, to celebrate and and to honor this. Uh, I, so that's a that's something that we would like to do. I want to if this is the right Dan Herlick, Dan Herlick Studio Art. You think that's, that's correct? Yep, that's, look, correct. that's we're a, gonna give you some pub right here. I'm gonna actually just share my screen. Um, go to the Instagram, go to the IG. While you're there, check out TommyD.NYC. While you're there, check out my guy Cheeto, my dog. But check out Dan Herlick Studio Art. I'm, I'm going to follow him right now. I think he's telling me, it's just, sorry, you're following the max number of accounts. So I got to kick a couple other accounts that I'm following out. Wow. <laughs> well, but, he's worth following because it's really, it's gorgeous ADHD stuff. ADHD is what I'm trying to tell you. I told you that earlier. This is what happens. Oh, I like that account. Oh, I like that account. Let's follow it out. Let's see what they're doing. But you got it. So he's going to, I see him down here working. Yeah. Know, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. This is awesome. Oh, look, I see this shirt that says Simon Seth. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, Linda. It's wanna... all in the family. It's all in the family. Out while we're here, anybody else you want to shout out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to tell you, my my son is a musician, and um, he can give you maybe an alternate to your um to your uh, intro music. <laughs> I would love to talk to him. What's his name? Jacob Herlick. Hey, Jacob Herlick, check it out, man. Listen, I would love to think. Look up a, a band called Revolution. Think about that song "Sun Is Shining" by Bob Marley. Think, and then think of the lyrics of "Join Tommy in His Attic." See if you come. I should. There should be a whole thing. I should get all the young musicians to try and send me something about like redoing the song and, and different things. And you know what it is. I want to do like 12 different shows anyway. So we need a show. We need a, we need a theme song for all the shows. All right, we are out of time because that's what happens on the show. You know what? I told you so, Linda. I told you. I was <laughs> you did. You did. 
just about just about one week ago, ten minutes shy of our conversation one week ago, I said, "Trust me, we're going to be all right. We're going to run out of time." All right, the website for the organization. I lost it because I've been looking at so many other different things. So it is nymilkbank.org.org. Nymilkbank. We need milk. We need money. We need relationships. We need connections. Anything else that we need. I, I think that covers it. That's it. Well, listen, you can connect with my friend, Linda. Linda, I'm coming up for a tour. Linda, one last thing I was going to ask you. How big is the organization? You must have hundreds of employees, right? Oh, yes. All 11 of them. Yes. Okay. And they are amazing. I have the most amazing staff. 11 Hardworking, em- dedicated staff. Thank you. 11 employees changing the world and saving <laughs> lives. Okay, gang? The joke was I knew she didn't have hundreds of employees. I didn't even need to ask. These are our people. These are who I hang out with. Come on now. A lot of hats. You know, I would love to wear hats, but that's not what this is about now. But people wear a lot of hats in this space, and we must support our nonprofits. Go out, volunteer. If you want me to come volunteer, will you let me know where you're going to be? I'll come out. We'll do a little volunteering. We'll record the thing, and nine or ten people will watch it. <laughs> ah, listen, Linda, I appreciate you. Shout out to Heather Edwards. Shout out to Dr. Lena Edelstein, Dr. Laura Macaluso. When I was showing some stuff, I saw Dr. Macaluso's office is one of the depots or uh, exactly it's amazing like the connections that are made it is so connected i can't wait to meet you in person um even if i have to get my winter coat out in september (laughs) no well we have we'll supply the winter coat coat for me oh my god all right all right i I, i'm large is fine large large size and i'll have a hawaiian shirt underneath it if that's cool that's totally cool all right we will be back in a week your boy, Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector. Make it a great day, everybody. See you later. Bye, Thank Linda. Thank you. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. (laughs) 
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 